0: May grace and peace from the Father God and our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. We will continue on our series on prophets and apostles. Hearing and obeying the Lord's voice in my generation. I've explained that God speaks in every generation. In the Old Testament, the focus was on a man called the prophet. The prophet was the mouthpiece of God, the spokesperson of God. Then in the New Testament, the Lord began with the Lord Jesus Christ, who was the word of God Himself. Then after the death, resurrection, and the glorification of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord started speaking to us through the apostles. So the apostle is the New Testament minister. Of God That does not mean that God does not speak with prophets now. Still God deals with apostles and prophets, but focus was on the prophet in the Old Testament, so the focus is on the apostle in the New Testament. So I have started dealing with the prophet, who a prophet is. And then I've shown that it is God who raises a prophet. He makes a prophet through training, calling uh, the person, and then eventually commissioning the person to do his work. Then again, I am now on the constitution of a prophet. That is, what makes a prophet? Or what are the gifts that come together for us to get a prophet? Um, Sometimes people believe that Once somebody is able to prophesy The person is a prophet, no Or even when somebody heals, no Or even when he sees a vision, no A number of gifts must come together For somebody to function in the office of a prophet So the mistake that many people make Is that once they see somebody prophesying Or sometimes healing they think that the person is a prophet. But if you follow the teachings that I'm giving, you will come to a time that you realize that even healing is not directly related to the office of a prophet. I will come to that one. But I have explained that these are some of the gifts that would make a person become a prophet. The gift of the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, um, the, uh, the speaking of diverse tongues and the interpretation of tongues. And then the gift of exhortation is part of it. Also, we, we've got the gift of discerning of spirits. The gift of music is also one of that. And today, I am going to deal with two of these gifts that come together for a person become a prophet that person may not have all the gifts but a composite of them, a number of them coming together make that person a gift and the gift is the gift of a prophet in quote, so today I will deal with the gift of teaching and the gift of discerning of spirits these two gifts the gift of teaching Um, you can go with me to Romans chapter 12 Reading from verse 6 to 8. And I'll read this one from the New International Version. Romans 12, 6 to 8. New International Version. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying... Let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. So our emphasis now is on teaching. Verse seven: If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. So here Paul was talking of spiritual gifts. Now, because Paul used the term grace, we have different gifts according to the grace given to us. Some people think that this is maybe a natural gift. We still have the gift of prophesying here, if the gift is prophesying Um, but I think that whether it is talent whether it is grace, whether it is spiritual gifts, all of these things are gifts that God bestows upon people but here, Paul specifically said that it is a sort of charisma grace, gift that the Holy Spirit that God bestows upon people so it's one of the gifts that God gives. And according to Paul, it is very very important. One of the most important gifts that Paul brings out. Why am I saying so? Come with me to 1st Corinthians chapter 12 verse 28 to 30. Verse 28 to 30 1st Corinthians chapter 12 still in the New International Version. And in the church, God has appointed first of all apostles, second, prophets, third, teachers, then workers of miracles, also those having gifts of healing, those able to help others, those with gifts of administration, and those speaking in different kinds of tongues. Our apostles, our prophets, our teachers do all work miracles. This is to say that when it comes to edification, gifts that edify uh, the church, then teacher, the gift of teaching, is tied in that ranking, edification. Not, not for boasting, but those that help to build the church. He says apostles, because an apostle is an embodiment. Of many gifts i'll come to that one later then prophets also embodiment of many gifts and the third in that ranking of edification is teachers so the teacher the gift of teaching is very important what then is the gift of teaching the gift of teaching is the ability to study analyze and explain scriptures clearly, and communicate same systematically to the understanding of people. This is how I define it. I'll go over again. The gift of teaching is the ability to study, analyze and explain scriptures clearly, and communicate same systematically to the understanding of people. That means a teacher should be able to study. The gifts bring along the desire, the ability to study, and then analyze, and then explain, just clearly, and communicate the same thing to people orderly, systematically, so that they would be able to understand what the teacher is bringing forth. Sometimes, Some people relate the gift of teachings with prophecy. But they are two different things. Some people think that uh, teaching is prophecy. No. If we are talking of teaching, it is having time to study. Comparing scripture with scripture. And then coming out with clear understanding through the studying and reading. And then communicate the same to people. So that is an exercise. But when it comes to prophecy, it is something through the immediacy of the Holy Spirit. Spontaneously, the Holy Spirit drops something and then you bring it. Like receiving songs spiritually. You know, you can write a song. There is nothing wrong with it. It is sanctified. It is acceptable. It is a hard work that brings blessings to people brings blessings to people. But when the Holy Spirit drops a song, it comes automatically without toiling. So, it's prophecy. Prophecy just drops and then you speak spontaneously, bringing forth what the Lord has given to you. So, the two are different entities. And therefore, if you hear somewhere else that they say they are the same, no, the Bible is very clear about these two gifts. We have prophecy, and then we have teachings, but they are compatible. They can go together. Often when I prepare a message and I am teaching, I expect that as I am teaching, the Holy Spirit will drop an insight into what I am teaching. One time, I preach one message twice somewhere else, one place, and then another place uh, preach. And then one of those people following me said that, ah, now, is it the, this message that you preached the other time? And I said, yes. It's the same news. But whenever I am going to preach somewhere else, I also pray for a Rhema concerning that church. And as I'm speaking, the Holy Spirit will drop something so that that something that comes is prophecy within teaching. So the two are compatible. Teaching and prophecy. But they are different things altogether. together. The purpose of the gift of teaching is to equip the saint in such a way that they are mature in Christ. The operation of the gift of teaching helps believers not to be tossed back and forth by every wing of deceitful teaching. You no, know, Ephesians mentioned this one. And any time I read it, I said, Lord, help our people. That's Sometimes people are being tossed back and forth by every wind of deceitful teaching. They will be influenced by such people that they will get away from biblical teachings. And this is what is going on in the world now. Some people claiming reman-abusing others. And unfortunately, others also accept it. Eat grass. And you see some people eating grass. Crass. Eating. Eh? Eat snake. And some people. I have turned petrol into Coca-Cola. So drink it. And you see some people drinking. It's miserable. That we listen to such, such people. I mean, when you listen to some of these things. Some people stepping on the stomach of pregnant women. Another standing there clapping. Clap, 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 clap. Prophet, carry on. He's doing well. Mm. May the Lord God Almighty have mercy. Amen. Some of these things are too appalling. I now social platform make us understand what is going on in many, many places. And, and one, the, one of the worst things was that someone said that the, God has commissioned him women's breast. And women lie up going to this man. I don't want to even call him a so-called pastor. He, he doesn't get closer to a pastor. So they went to this false prophet, false pastor, women lining up. And I said, have you, have you people excuse me to say, have you not got sense? Eh? Somebody say, come and let me suck your breast. And when this man was agitated by uh, uh, one commentator, one radio presenter, then he became annoyed and said that even your people are not romantic. That is why I've come here. So you see, his intention has come out. Yet women are going there. Another instant. Now the Holy Spirit said that he's going to do a very special thing. So tomorrow, if you are coming to church, don't wear any pants. And the leaders, the women there went without pants. Why should some people allow themselves to be fooled this way? Why? It's not outside. Come to our Ghana here. Many things going on the social platform. Pastors deceiving others on the pretext of being prophets and, and healers. Miracle workers and others following them. If the gift of teaching is working effectively, the Christian knows his stance and knows that everybody goes through suffering. The one who pre- standing there as a miracle worker, he's sick. He will go home and take his medicine. He will go home, some of them on drugs. So everybody gets sick. We live by grace. And we move by grace. So don't think that once you are going through some sort of suffering, God is not with you. God is with you. And he knows whatever is going on. So the strong Christian is the one who is able to go through all these things and know that, yes, my Lord is with me. I, one, one of the songs that the Lord dropped in my heart, I know him, the Lord. I just like the first verse. I know him, the first line, the Lord. That is an emphasis. I know him, the Lord. So if you know the Lord, you will not allow these things to sway you. And if there is a teacher, the teacher will break the Bible down for you to know that this is the stand of the Christian. And when somebody comes to deceive you, the person will not take you away. I like one one student, medical student I met at Kualibu one time. I I could not do any other thing to express my joy than to say that this is what I want. And that is the most exciting moment in my call and appointment as the chairman of the church. I was so excited. You know, when she told me her story. She is a Church of Pentecost member with some Church of Pentecost members in her house. Then one of the women there went for a so-called prophet to come and give them some oracles in their home. So the prophet came and lined all the people up. Then started telling them oracles. "This This is what will happen to you. This is what will happen to you. This is what will happen to you. And then when it came to her, she said that you, you are not going to complete your school. You are going to get pregnant and therefore you should be very careful. She said, you are telling lies. Even I didn't want to come and stand here. It's my grandma that has forced me against my will to stand here. You are a false prophet. I will complete my school. I'm going to do medicine and I'll be a medical doctor. I didn't know I didn't know what to do to this young lady At that time Whether to carry her on my back or I didn't know I said yes You have got it You have got it That is a Christian Rejecting This false prophet So when people begin to tell you stories You should not just follow them You should know the one That you have believed the Lord Jesus Christ. He is with you. I know him, the Lord. He is with me. Eh? No matter what happens. There may be even the sting of death. My body may decay. Yet I know he is with me. <laughs> Hallelujah. So the teacher will bring the truth out in such a way that the church will be strengthened and will not be easily be deceived by false prophets. That is the purpose of the gift of teaching, building the people up in the faith. When it is manifesting in a person, these are the evidences. So once it is working, you will see it. The manifestation of the gift in a person is clear, evident. The person has that unique nature, love, to find out the truth in the Bible. So, he will check a Bible text, and we didn't only read the Bible text. For instance, I, as I wanted to do, uh, hearing and obeying the Lord's voice in my generation, I read two books that Uh, that speak about hearing God's voice in my generation. Then I read the book of first Samuel. That was my key uh, uh, Bible book several times. I read it several times in order to deduce the lesson there because Samuel was the first person who clearly came out as a prophet. We have Moses, we have other people that I touch, but Samuel is an example of a prophet In a Bible, so I studied how the Lord called him uh, and then his ministration. I read it several times. So you see the person reading and then comparing scripture with scripture. He will not only take, if somebody is an exhorter, an evangelist, and other gifts are not there, he will only pick a text and then word out of the text and then preach and have many people accepting Christ. He encourages them. That is the evangelist. You know, motivating people to act, coming forward to do something. But if you come to a teacher, he will not be satisfied with one verse. He will study where the verse occurs in the Bible, and then from what context? The sentence. Why did the person say so? So he will find out the whys, the whos, the hows. The whence, the why's, and all those ones. And then, if even he comes to a town, he will go to the Bible Atlas and find out where the town is. If he gets a word, he will go to Bible Dictionary and find the meaning of that word and what was being you how it was being used at the time. So, when you find a teacher studying you see books around him i quite remember one time when prophet mk eboa and i think it was apostle adnan who visited me at um, i was at ilim bible college at that time ilim bible college and when they came there and saw the books around me he said opoku this is headache <laughs> the books surrounding me Comparing one with one. Comparing different versions. The uh, uh, new international version. Uh, King James Version. The new King James Version. New Living Bible. Good News Bible. Comparing all these versions. What is the version saying? Sometimes finding the Greek word. Other times finding the Hebrew word. And getting the meaning. So by the time the teacher finished a topic. He understands it and can bring out the issue clearly to the understanding of people. And this is where many people get it wrong sometimes. When maybe someone finds a test, one test, and then comes out with a doctrine, and the teacher brings the other version, he would think that what he has found is the best. That's all. For instance, when you come to Deuteronomy, where it was talking about men should not wear women's dress and women should not wear men's dress some people will say that men women are not supposed to wear dresses but there is no dresses in the bible what the bible was saying that men should not wear women's dress and women should not wear men's dress so the dress depends upon the culture of the people now we are in a global village the whole world has become just like a village because you can go to the computer get to your internet go to the telly and see what is happening in australia in america in your own room so the world is a global village and because of that culture has become a hot commodity people, people picking the culture of america and americans picking the culture of africans so now culture is everywhere. You adopt what you want. And we call it theologians and uh, sociologists call it glocalization. Glocalization. The global one, you pick locally what you want globally. So, the global view is there. But you go there, and as a local person, pick what you want and leave what you don't want. So, glocalization. Because of this, culture has changed. And that is why I have not put on my traditional clothing now. Otherwise, as I'm speaking to you, I should have put on kente cloth and then speaking. But I've picked this western type. They came to teach us this dress. And sometimes you use it more than them. When you go for funeral in the very hot weather, you have to put on suit. In a very hot weather, then you put on suit. Whereas they will not do that in their own place. Glocalization. And so you see that the white people who came to tell us that men can wear this have also got a similar thing for women. So you see some women also in their own suit. And if you see the woman in the trousers, it is not man's clothing. It is women's trousers. So there's nothing wrong with that. But if you don't understand it, you only pick maybe the head of a test or the tail without adding the eye, the nose, the mouth, and the feet, and then interpreting it. <laughs> so the teacher will help you understand that you